You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And well, what a pleasant surprise this is right now. As much as we would like to continue with our WEEI Football Sunday and Six Rings Chatter, take your calls and more, we will get to all of them. But we're currently going to be joined by one of our WEEI Football Sunday regulars, Tom E. Curran from NBC Sports Boston. And of course, the great Tom E. is brought to you by Dr. Matthew Lopresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tom E. Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Become your own success story by dropping the weight holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180 and by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy Curran joins us on the Harbor One Hotline right now. It's Fitzy, it's Hart, it's Tommy. Good morning, Tommy. How are you? Great, Fitzy. How are you? Hi, Drew. Hi, how are you? Having a great (laughs) Sunday, my man. I love... Tom, before we get to the Patriots chatter and whatnot, in the power rankings of postseason weekends, where do you put Super Wild Card Weekend? Ooh, uh, I would say three. Probably because it's new. It's new. It's extensive. um, But I really like Conference Championship Weekend a lot. And I like the Divisional Playoff Weekend a lot. So, you know, and I don't like the Super Bowl so much because it's just one game. I like... I want a plethora of games. Hmm. Oh, I do too. I, I like. Are the you going left or right? Yeah, I was just going to say you need to make that turn. <laughs> that was the left into donkeys. No one told me we were doing this after the Patriots season ended, so I was just playing hoop from nine to eleven. Oh, did you win? Uh, no, you just keep running it back, and mm-hmm. you know we didn't win as many as I would have liked, which I really don't care about when you just play and pick up on Sunday morning until you realize. We've lost like six straight, so was, can we get one? Yeah, I mean, we did. Let's let's feel good. Jeez. Yeah, a let's Tom, you couldn't you couldn't endear yourself more to New England by saying no. I was taking a left into a donkey's, and B, uh, maybe I was just detailing to Andy what a hard time my nine year old is having playing youth basketball because he gets stripped more than Jalen Brown in the fourth quarter of the finals. So maybe I can bring him by for some dribbling and fundamental lessons sometime. Yeah, it's never too late, and it's never too early. <laughs> All right, now here we are in the bleak aftermath of a disappointing 8-9 and nine season, Tom. Andy and I have been going over everything that happened this week with the Patriots. Andy said that this week was a Robert Kraft production and that Bill Belichick may have been a bit emasculated, whereas my over- overarching view was that it was just one of the weirdest weeks I could remember non-competitive football Patriots action. Um, what do you? What, what did you? What's your just ten thousand foot take on this week and everything that transpired? Mm, I feel really comfortable with understanding better now where they are at the start of this week than I did at the beginning of last. You know, spoke to a lot of people and understand really the the course they're starting to chart. 
So while the perception is that this was Robert Kraft coming down from on high, uh, swinging his club and straightening everybody out, I think it was more of a two men working in concert forward. I really believe that. Um, the meeting that I reported happened earlier this week that the team eventually issued a release on, that went fine. There was no discord. There was no Bill Belichick saying, yeah, give me one more shot to run it back. This went fine. It was this close. And so I think that proceeding from that, there was comfort that, okay, let's chart the course. What is the course? And then I think the announcement really was to coin a phrase or borrow a phrase. It was doing what was best for the franchise. Maybe Bill Belichick doesn't like announcements about titles and people being hired and interview processes, nor does he like the idea of talking about contract negotiations being entered into. But what fans need and what the crafts need for their brand, for their season ticket holders' peace of mind, for their sponsors, is an idea that, okay, we've stabilized, the ship has charted a course, and these are the things we're going to do to get better. And I don't think that Bill Belichick would have resisted any of that, understanding that in the end it's Robert's team. And if he feels that's what he wants to do, then that's what we're going to do. Tom, a uh, John Dennis two-part question here for you. Um, can we? That was, I just up... gave you a long-ass Albert Breer answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, can, we, can we look at the two sentences that were provided uh, to us in that release, and can you give me your thoughts on those? So... The first is contract negotiations with Gerard Mayo, and then we get word that he's pulling his name, I guess, from consideration for the Panthers' job. Is it safe he to did. assume? Is it safe to assume Gerard Mayo will be back in New England in 2023? And what does that look like? It's very safe to assume that. That's what okay. Gerard and the team are working toward right now. I reported on uh, maybe Thursday or Friday that he wasn't taking the Cleveland opportunity. Also. Uh, Phil and I learned yesterday he wasn't taking the Carolina opportunity. So the Patriots don't want to lose him. As I said on Thursday to Mego and, and Arcand, they simply do not want him to go elsewhere. And if we rewind and look at the number of excellent coaches who've gone out, McDaniels, Flores, um, okay, Patricia and Judge, um, other guys who've gone out and left the building, and then left the team wanting in terms of a farm system, I think the Crafts wanted to avoid that situation occurring with Gerard. He's everything you want in a coaching candidate. He's everything you want in a figurehead for the franchise. So instead of being like it was with Josh McDaniels, where you don't let him know that you want him to stick around until he's halfway down the altar with the Colts, you make sure that Gerard understands in advance we don't want you to go to Carolina. We don't want you to go to Cleveland. And we know that the title doesn't matter as much as the opportunity does. We know that the money doesn't matter as much as the forecast for what your future holds is. So when we look at the team committing to Gerard in the public manner to say, we're not going to let this guy get away, it's an acknowledgement that this is a coaching building block, a figurehead, the most important coach on our staff in many ways, behind Bill Belichick. What's that mean in the future? Nobody's got a crystal ball. But if you wanted to read the tea leaves or lay odds, I would imagine that Gerard Mayo's tracking well to be with this franchise in large positions for a long time. 
Yeah, see, Tom, that was my take. And we're speaking with NBC Sports Boston's Tom E. Curran here on WEI Football Sunday. Tom joins us via the Harbor One Hotline. That was my takeaway the second I read that press release Tuesday night. Uh, not to get too lava hot take with it, but that I think that Gerard Mayo, your succession plan for Bill Belichick whenever he uncouples from the Patriots is kind of at hand because they, they can't stand the brain drain because they've just lost so much coaching and coordinating talent over the years in the in the box and on the sidelines. But to me, if they didn't think that there wasn't a bigger play at hand, would would they would they go through the trouble of actually announcing it on a Tuesday night? No and yes. I mean, I, I can't. <laughs> I mean, I don't get the, honestly, I, I think I might have drifted and don't get the question, but I, I think that the point of it is they don't want him to leave. Are they saying he's the next head coach? No. But are they saying he's the next in line? Because a lot can happen between now and the next 20 wins that Bill Belichick gets. Right. But if you had to lay odds, as I was saying, you lay him on Gerard Mayo. Now, what I think is interesting, and we should remember this, too, how does Bill Belichick feel about a successor in waiting in-house? And I think it's important. My understanding is, and when you look at it this way, after I spoke to some folks, I totally get this. Gerard Mayo was drafted by Bill Belichick higher than everyone else thought. Gerard Mayo was made a captain in 2009. By himself, he was out at the coin flip at the beginning of preseason in his second season. He was the leader of that defense. He was brought back by Bill Belichick. Everything about Gerard and the success that he's had has come in lockstep with Bill. So Gerard's succeeding Bill, or being the apparent successor, is not undermining Bill. Bill kind of, in many ways, helped to hone him. So I don't think that Bill is going to have any kind of, um, you know, unease with Gerard Mayo being a a person who will be high on the list of successors. And I would also add, too, mm-hmm. it makes sense a little bit, if Bill Belichick doesn't want to retire, retire, to move upstairs at the end. I'm not saying that's going to happen. No one indicated that to me, but there was in... Uh, I believe it was either Dynasty or the Seth Wickersham book, an intimation that Bill Belichick had considered the appeal of a Bill Parcells overlord-type position at some point. Now, wouldn't that make some sense? All right, Bill's done. He broke the record. Now it's Gerard. Bill goes upstairs. He's the overlord. Bill O'Brien's your offensive coordinator still, and the team is in a far different spot than it was at the end of 2022. Okay, I think that's interesting. You just threw there. That's where I wanted to go. The second line of the press release was about interviewing offensive coordinator candidates this week. And first of all, that means I think they're going to have an offensive coordinator by title, which they didn't have last year. Um, But do you believe it is Bill O'Brien? Will that be an extensive list of interviews? How do you think that shakes out? It's an extensive list of interviews. My understanding is that if it does not become Bill O'Brien, it's not as if they throw up their hands and go, wow, there's the key to everything and all our success that we could have had with Mac Jones. Bill believes that there's opportunities to find any number of candidates who would fit, but Bill O'Brien is the prime candidate, is my understanding, the one that they most would like to have it work with. Okay, and Tom, last one from me. Um, Glad you guys flat-footed with a brief answer, huh? I know. I was there. I was. I was getting. Where's the Breer answer? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) 
Uh, we appreciate you taking a couple of minutes post hoops, pulling into the donkeys. I know you want to go inside and get your large regular and maybe a little wake up wrap. Uh, Tommy, when those sit downs happen and the offensive coordinator conversations begin, do you think they begin with, hey, what do you think about Mac Jones? And if you had to push your chips in, is Mac starting next fall for the Pats? I'd put a ton of chips on number 10. Yeah, there's no reason not to have him start. There's absolutely nothing he showed me that makes me believe there's a level of ineptitude. And that includes the guy who came back from 27 and nothing last night. I look at Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert and these players, and I love Herbert, and obviously he's got a unique skill set that Mac Jones will never own. But you more than have a serviceable quarterback who can win 10, 11, or 12 games in this league. And if you catch breaks, you can go deep in the postseason. He's not going to kill you. And that is important. I mean, have you ever seen Mac Jones have a half like Trevor Lawrence did in the first half yesterday? And I don't think that that was Trevor Lawrence putting the Jacksonville Jaguars on his back last night in the second half either. Serviceable, competent is more than fine. There's no reason to start trying to overthink it at quarterback, in my estimation. Tom, we touched on Mayo. Did you guys agree with me, or did you guys think that Trevor Lawrence no. was scintillating last night? No, he was no, fine. He was, yeah, he had I, a good second half, but that's as much Brandon Staley in the worst. I mean, Tom, forgot, I, I pointed out to Andy earlier, how the hell when you have a 27-7 lead and a division champ on the ropes, you call 24 pass plays and five runs in the second half? It was one of the worst coaching jobs I ever saw. Well, he stinks. I mean, they kept blitzing. You just got to complete them. Um, Tom, we... You touched on Mayo, and we touch on the offensive coordinator. Do you think there will be other significant uh, shakeups to the coaching staff? For example, Matt Patricia, is he still on the coaching staff? Is he coaching the offensive line? Does he go into the Ernie Adams front office role? Is Judge, Joe Judge taking over special teams? What are some of the other uh, changes you envision on the coaching staff? These would be total spitballing ideas, yeah. not having somebody with. No, I just haven't, you know, everything I've told you so far is peppered with having had conversations with people who'd know a hell of a lot better than me. When I get into what will Matt Patricia's job title look like or Joe Judge's or Cam Acors, I have no idea. But I would imagine the simplest thing to do is you put Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator. You let Billy Yates continue on as offensive line coach. You move Joe Judge to special teams. You let Gerard and Steven continue to run um, the defense. And you put Matt Patricia in that Ernie Adams slash Nick Casario role, because mm. as wonderful as Evan Rothstein may be as a pseudo Ernie Adams in game and situational things, they were distressingly bad in situational football this year. Clock management, simple thought processes. They need to get a better handle on how to run their team in crunch time situations. It's embarrassing to see this team that used to be the high IQ Mensa candidates just you know, chewing paint chips in the side, you know, what do you do? Get that out of your mouth. That's you can eat that. That's what they were. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's, that's, I like it. That that's that couldn't be a couldn't be a better way to go. Be the answers brilliant or brief. We enjoyed all the time as Tommy Curran joined us on the Harbor One Hotline today. Tommy, enjoy your super wild card weekend Sunday and of course what could possibly be Brady's final game in a Buccaneers uniform tomorrow night. Should be some good football. Uh, take care. We'll look forward to talking to you soon, okay? Okay, guys. Have a great Sunday. You yeah. too, Tommy.
That was Tom E. Kern. Today's conversation with the great Tom E. Kern of NBC Sports Boston was brought to you by Wise Snacks. Go to wisegameday.com for your chance to win one of 100 authentic pro football jerseys. Always a good time chatting with Tommy, and it was nice to know that there were the speculative spitballs towards the very end there, Andy, and I like the way he laid things out with Gerard and Steve, Bill O'Brien, Billy Yates over here, goodbye Cam Acord, Joe Judge, go back to doing what you were good at doing. That would be something... Talk about a nice little post-Christmas holiday gift for Pats fans, knowing everything is tidied up and you've got people that are good at those jobs doing them once again as we look to the 2023 season. Yeah, I just like that a year after not doing the obvious, when everybody wanted them to do the obvious, they may just do what looks like the obvious and keep it simple, stupid, hire Billy O'Brien, keep Gerard Mayo, move Joe Judge. It's, it's all very simple and logical. Now let's just hope it happens. Yes, and also he said he can easily see 10 under center again. He could have obviously pivoted and said, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo also wore 10, but Mac Jones under center. He deserves at least one more season. Absolutely. Uh, let's hope they give him the support, uh, the talent, and the coaching that he needs to undo what happened this season and advance his football career. This hour of WEI Football Sunday is also brought to you by Zudi. Build any app your company needs in a week. Visit Zudi, that's Z-U-D-Y dot com, for your free trial. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number if you would like to join us here on WEI Football Sunday. When we come back, Andy Hart just published his Sunday 7 at WEI dot com. We'll talk Andy's 2022 Pats Awards, some all-pro action, and who could be leaving or going or coming via free agency. It's all coming up here on WEI.